This is Over the Culture Podcast, where you get to hear my spin on things I like, like music, sports, sports entertainment, movies, TV shows, and your mom. You also get to hear about things I don't like, like people that make false threats, especially towards me. And I'm your bastard of ceremonies, the one gig kid, Pat Stay Black, Alex Tra Black, me for Sutherland, Luke Fly Talker, the most interesting blurred and blandcasting, the troll of trolls, the prince of petty, the Michael Jeffrey Jordan of the bullshit, Steve G. February 20th, 2022, and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my people, my cultivating cultivists, my niggas, your boy Steve G is going through one of those seasons. Yes, one of those seasons where every move you make, every play you call is a fumble. It's the wrong play. It's the wrong move. It's the wrong thing to say. And I've been through these seasons before. I've survived. I overcame and I I learned from those seasons as we all should because this is a fact of life everything isn't always up we'd like it to be that way but this isn't Eden I like to approach everything with an idealistic perspective but that's not how life works that's not how this world works there are times though there are times there are seasons when every move you make is hidden bullseye touchdown you're like Bradley Cooper taking one of those limitless pills meet a chick at the club take her home have some of the best sex in the world oh yeah by the way I can guesstimate the square root of pi and I just happened to hit all of the final jeopardy questions this week but yeah this ain't that currently for Steve G but I'll be alright it's annoying when these seasons happen but I'll be okay I have patience and I have faith things will get better you've been through worse and that's one of the purposes of these seasons some seasons, some of the shitty seasons are worse than other shitty seasons and because you overcame those shittiest of the shitty seasons you look at all the other shitty seasons like quick work And what I'm dealing with right now is one of those quick work, shitty seasons. So you guys have been keeping up. If you've been listening, uh, I've kind of documented the trials and tribulations with Cap'n Ass Kelvin, roommate one. Well, he had to get a replacement because his bitch ass couldn't pay rent. So uh, now there's a rift of some sorts with his replacement. And we'll call him Tough Guy Antonio. Tough Guy Tonio. And disclaimer the rift that I have with tough guy Tonio there was some foul play on my end I fucked up I did some things on my end that could have prevented this rift or at least to the extent that it got to over the week now me and tough guy Tonio we are basically the current roommates despite Captain Ass Kelvin still being there he sleeps on the couch with his bitch ass uh, but his name's on the lease Uh, despite tough guy Tonio paying the rent for Captain Ass Kelvin. Now, this month, I decided to go through a program called Flex. It's something that our leasing office presented to us in the email, and I was like, sure, why not? So what Flex does, they cover the rent. They cover your whole month's rent up front, and then they take two payments out throughout the month. 
and I presented the idea to Tough Guy Tonio, and I told him, hey, man, uh, we're going to do this for this month. Uh, I already covered the first payment. They already deducted it, and then you pay on the 16th. Now, he had the money when I initially told him that earlier this month, uh, and like I said, I fucked up in a couple of ways. I should have taken the money, but what I did was, no, hold on to it because we're not going to get charged again until the 16th. Now, they're taking the money out of my account because I set up the flex and I'm kind of like the person handling things since Captain Ash Kelvin couldn't be a man. And I told him to hold off to it. So fast forward, Valentine's Day comes and I'm just checking up to see like, hey, man, uh, you know, they're going to charge us on the 16th, Uh, you know, making sure we're still good with that. He's like, yeah, I get it to you a couple days. Now, mind you, companies, they make their deductions and withdrawals the morning of that date. So I was thinking idealistically, I was idealistic with my perspective on this. I was thinking he would get the money to me and assuming I was assuming that he would know that and realize that, you know, maybe I should get this money to him on the 14th, 15th, as long as he can make this deposit into his account so he doesn't get overdrawn. So the 15th happened the day before the 16th. And I wanted to talk to him again, like, hey, man, uh, what do you have? So I made the mistake of going into his room. His door was open. He wasn't in there. So I felt a certain way already. I was already kind of pissed because of other things. But, you know, we're going to leave that out of the table. But I felt kind of disrespected. Um, and it's some of his shit that, he, that he's done. Uh, and, and then, of course, just dealing with Kelvin in my vicinity. I, every time I look at his fat fucking poo, Winnie the Pooh fairy fucking face, I can't even speak it straight. Every time I see his fucking fat face, I just want to beat the shit out of it. Um, so I was already feeling a certain way. So I waited in his room and he comes in there and, you know, I surprised him. He wasn't expecting someone to be in his room when he wasn't there. Uh, bad Steve, right? So I wanted to go over like, hey, how could we rectify this before I get overdrawn? Um, you know, regardless, nothing was rectified in this meeting. So to quicken this story up, I basically got overdrafted. He wasn't able to get me the money on the 14th or the 15th, but he did pay me on the 16th, which is what he said he would do. Like, you know, I, I told him it was going to be doing the 16th. He paid me on the 16th. However, there was a time from the morning when they took that money out and overdrafted my account until he finally paid me at six o'clock in the evening that day on the 16th. And that window, I couldn't do anything. I was pretty much stranded at my apartment. I couldn't go out and eat. I couldn't go out, run errands because I was broke, but broke. Couple hundred, couple hundred underneath. So I definitely felt a certain way about that. So tough guy, Tonio, six o'clock comes. He, he texts me, what's your cash app? And I sent him the cash app. I waited. Uh, and after I waited, I knocked on his door see, is everything cool? He's like, yeah, uh, I, I'll get it to you in a minute. Now, when he says he's get it to me in a minute, he's playing online. He's playing one of these online video games uh, that's made possible by some Wi-Fi that I'm paying for, Comcast. And I said, okay. So I shut the door. I waited about another five or six minutes for this motherfucker to send me my money. 
So I decided to knock on the door again. He's like, all right, hey, man, yeah. Uh, turn the light on. And I just decided to take a seat. So while I'm sitting in there, he sends me the money. And all right. I figured no harm, no foul, whatever. Uh, I, I know that I fuck. And we we talked about me being in his room before he came in. Uh, that was foul. I, I crossed the line. That's not just a man code. That's just respect for people's space and privacy just common courtesy horrible thing horrible thing i did now he paid me the money wednesday thursday i'm getting ready for work and he follows me to the kitchen like hey man we need to talk so he ends up getting flustered and pissed off because he felt that i was trying to g-check him when i came back in the room look you know wanting my money and look man I told him, if you feel that way, if you feel like that's what I was trying to do, I was just trying to make sure this is taken care of because of everything that's happened. And once again, it had nothing like the, the Kelvin shit. I can't put on him, but he had to understand. And I was trying to convey to him that, look, man, you've seen this stuff that's been happening to me what this person has done to me. And in fairness, tough guy, Tonio has had his share of the rent every time it's been due. But I felt a certain way because I had went into like overdraft and I felt like I shouldn't have had to do that. But in hindsight, maybe I did because I should have taken the money up front. If I took the money up front when he had it, regardless of the fact that if he had it on the first and then he's completely broke by the 14th, 15th, that's regardless. I should have just taken it when he had it available and just held on to it or deposited it into my bank then. I'm thinking I'm doing this Negro a favor, end up doing myself a disservice. So I know and I admit it, my faults. Now, mind you, me and him never had any issues prior to this. I haven't done him dirty. He hasn't done me dirty. We've been respectful of each other thus far. However, in his mind, he's pretty much done. He's had it. He's had it with me. He's had Captain Ass Kelvin. Uh, he's not trying to hear no apology. Fuck you. Fuck your apology. Blah, 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 blah. And it ultimately led to tough guy Tonio saying that if next time he feels disrespected, he's going to start beating some ass. And he walks away from me. And I had to tell him, um, uh, hey, reality's here. You're not going to whip my ass, fella. <laughs> um, but he's like, well, man, I don't really remember. It was just a bunch of nigga babble. Uh, and then he slammed his door because, oh, man, that's when he's really serious. Now, I'm big enough to own my fuck ups because I handled this whole situation wrong. Wrong. I was out of line. I shouldn't have been in his room. I should have took the money. The last part when I got the money, I'm not tripping on. If he wants to take that as me trying to G-check him or punk him or bully him, no. Motherfucker, I'm hungry. Fuck you and that game. I'll be like goddamn fucking Thanos and shut off everybody's cumcast in this bitch. Except for my room. I couldn't push Paul, man, like, fuck you in that game. I don't care. Like, is this shit for some money? It's not. You play this game all day. Now, once again, you know, he could he has every right to say, fuck my apology. Uh, I'm not fucking with you anymore. I, I felt violated, disrespected, all of that. But 
when you put out, I'm going to start beating some ass. And, and I noticed that he was mindful of his words, even in anger. He didn't say he was going to beat my ass initially. He said he was going to start beating some ass. And I had to look around. Is, is a nigga hiding behind the couch? Because I, this motherfucker ain't talking to me. So uh, when you're putting threats out there in the atmosphere, into the air, especially in the place where I lay my head, you putting that out there, let's get it in now. I said I was sorry, motherfucker. And I had a heart-to-heart with my, at the moment, girlfriend. Uh, I had to talk to her the next day. And, you know, I heard her out. I heard her out. And, you know, she was the one, like, you you handled that situation wrong. Um, and that was hard to grasp. But it's true. I can't avoid the truth. Now, although I agree things could have been handled differently, what I'm not going to allow is someone to just beat me over the head with my mistakes. I'm not this man, that man, or the other. I like to learn from my fuck-ups so that I don't make those mistakes again. All these threats and all of these uh, bashings and shit, fuck all of y'all. Everyone that I mentioned. Everyone. So, motherfuckers think that if a woman doesn't make a man come, he's going to cheat. Um, I feel like that's a simple-minded man. I feel like most men who cheat, I ain't going to say most, but a lot of times, a motherfucker seeks elsewhere where they can't find peace with the one they're currently with. I own my mistake. I apologize. He said, fuck my apology. I agree. He has every right to do whatever with my apology. Because I don't know how I'd feel in his shoes. He wasn't trying to hear me out. I didn't raise my voice. He was raising his, told him to calm down. uh, And then he threw a threat out there. Um, So what we're going to do, I got one more month, about a month and some change, left with these fucking Beavis and Butthead ass motherfuckers. We're going to stay in our lane. We're going to stay in our lane and we're going to be some peaceful, kind, courteous Negroes. Now, you want to make threats, act up with me again, talk some shit about what you're going to do. All right, motherfucker, find your own Comcast modem and router. I can be Melvin on Baby Boy. I try to be a good nigga. I try to be. These motherfuckers don't listen. (laughs) You youngsters. Don't know about guns and butter. The little rah-rah, all that beating on the chest King Kong shit. I'm a grown-ass man. And I, I welcome this opportunity with arms wide open. Word to Scott fucking staff. So, please. Just be great and stay the fuck out my way. Now, Super Bowl, obviously, the team that I wanted to win did not. Cincinnati Bungles, uh, it was a good game against the Rams. It came down to the wire, and I thought Cincinnati was going to do the remarkable, the unimagined. Never thought the Bengals would win the Super Bowl, and they almost made it happen. Almost made it happen. Joe Burrow, uh, if he can stay healthy, should have a long career ahead of him, but hats off to the Rams Um, you won this time you couldn't win against Brady that's one of the most boring fucking Super Bowls I ever seen 
I don't remember if it was 2018 or I think it was 2019. How dare you? Don't y'all ever come back to the Super Bowl with that kind of performance. But bravo, as my, my buddy John Kanick would say, a mazel. Now, All-Star Weekend is this weekend in Cleveland, and uh, by all accounts, it fucking sucked. I saw some clips. I've, I've been kind of cooped up at work all weekend, so I haven't been able to see the events. But this year's dunk contest it, it appears to be one of the worst, if not the worst. Uh, there were about four or five contestants um, missing dunks. Just about all of them were missing dunks, and the dunks that they made were basic as fuck. The dunks that they made were done in the early 90s and even in the fucking 80s. These days, these days, you really have to push the envelope. You got to do a 360 windmill off of a fucking or over a Chevy to keep us entertained in a dunk contest in 22, 22. Three-point contest, I don't know. It's all a wash. I don't even know if I care to watch the game tonight. I, I never really care to watch the game. It's just a, uh, a popularity contest of, of all the top scorers and stars of, of that season. Um, but yeah, I'm severely disappointed that they would have this shitty of an all-star festivity in Cleveland, Ohio. Ohio. How dare y'all? And about LeBron saying the the door's not closed, like, no, bro, let it be closed. Let it be closed because every team you leave, it's a fucking fire sale, a dumpster fire sale. Love you, Bron. Like all Cavaliers fans, most Cavalier fans love you. But this isn't 2010. This isn't 2014, 2016. Now, if you want to come back for like an honorary season like they did Dwayne Wade in Miami, you want to do something like that, then by all means. But we cannot structure the team around you at this point in the career, at this point in the game, Brian. Still that dude, though. And it's good to know that The Undertaker is going to be one of the honorees in this year's WWE Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, he's the first so far, the first announcement, uh, the actual WrestleMania this year, I probably won't watch because all of this shit is hard to watch these days. I, I believe they have a pay-per-view tonight and in, as you guess, yep, I'm not going to watch it. Can't tell you the last time I watched Vince TV. It's been years. It's been years. Something that I do plan to watch is the Kanye West documentary on Netflix called Genius and uh, it's going to be a multi-story there's going to be different episodes it's not just a one take it's going to be like The Last Dance on Netflix with Michael Jordan but Kanye West as we have seen throughout the years throughout the decades a lot of things to talk about a lot of things to pick at and the first episode of this documentary is available on Netflix so I got a three-day weekend ahead of me uh, so now I got time if you're a fan not you don't even have to be a fan of Kanye or a fan of hip-hop the man's life I'm sure is entertaining itself all of his seasons the good the bad and the ugly and Pete Davidson on Friday Currency releases his latest album with Alchemist. It's another collaboration with Alchemist called Continuance. And I'm just going to tell you now, I added the whole album without even listening to it. 
without even listening to a fucking track i added the whole album to my playlist because unlike tough guy tonio i have been looking at currency's track record and he's proven me right every time and i i, I should have done that with tough guy tonio because i was wrong you hear that people steven g was fucking wrong but I'm not wrong about continuance. It's 13 tracks, 37 minutes, 31 seconds. Features from Larry June, Babyface Ray, Styles P, Havoc, Wiz Khalifa, Boldy James, and, you know, Currency and Boldy James. They collaborate often. And people within their crews, when they make features, like Larry June, I, I discovered Larry June while listening to Currency. And I just started fucking with Larry June. Uh, they're all dope rappers. And this album, Continuance, man, I mean, not enough can be said about The Alchemist. Definitely not enough credit. And, I mean, dope beats, dope rhymes, Continuance. Add that. And what I didn't really care for was Big Crit's latest album, Digital Roses Don't Die. Uh, I'm a fan of Big Crit. But it, it, the way it sounded, it was like uh, Stankonia B-Sides. And it was a lot of sleepy brown sounds. Something I just didn't care to grasp at the moment. Because it was just too sing-songy. And that's not what I came to Big Crit for. Or at least not this moment. Just didn't hit me at the right time. I don't even know if I added any tracks from Digital Roses Don't Die. And that's not to be smirch Big Crit. It might just be not the season for me to receive that and appreciate it. So, usually I have a featured segment for my episodes of Over the Culture, but this time around, uh, just like the NBA, I need a break. Uh, Even though I'm giving you an episode this week, um, you know, I need to not put in as much this week or probably for a couple weeks. Um, I've been going hard, um, not just at work, but even after work, I've been in interview mode, uh, wanting a bigger bag, uh, looking for a second job. I actually like my current job. Not going to tell you the name of it cause I like my job. Uh, but yeah, it's been a lot of things that I've been challenged with, uh, in patience. Patience is a virtue. They say, uh, I've been putting in my, my hours. I come in, I do what I'm asked. Um, doesn't make things any easier and it's frustrating when things aren't getting easier despite your efforts i'm getting constant attacks from someone who says they love me and you know i try to make this show candid as possible it's not always just pop culture um part of the reason to be doing this podcast is it serves as somewhat of a journal if i look listen to some of the things i was talking about in 2019 um you know that's what I was going through and it's good to sometimes look back at those things because hey you survived it and look at where you are now and that's no different now so like I said the the shitty season that I'm dealing with it's quick work um you know I, I usually typically I'm a matador to the bullshit but if my number is called ladies and gentlemen I can be Michael Scotty Phil Horace and Dennis with the bullshit so yeah, I need to do more self-care.
today in sports history. In 1929, the Boston Red Sox announced they will play Sunday MLB games at Braves Field, as Fenway Park was located too close to a church. In 1952, Emmett Ashford is certified to be the first black umpire in organized baseball, has to wait until 1966 for his MLB debut. In 1953, the U.S. Court of Appeals rules that organized baseball is a sport and not a business, affirming the 25-year Supreme Court ruling. On that same day, August A. Bush buys the St. Louis Cardinals MLB club from Fred Say for $3.75 million and pledges not to move the team from St. Louis, Missouri, where they still are to this day. In 1963, future Baseball Hall of Fame outfielder Willie Mays becomes the highest paid player in MLB, signing a record $100,000 contract with the San Francisco Giants. In 1971, Boston Bruin Phil Esposito is NHL's quickest to score 50 goals in a season. In 1974, Gordie Howe comes out of retirement for a $1 million contract from the Houston Arrows in the WHA. In 1976, Muhammad Ali's bout against Belgian boxer Jean-Pierre Koopman in San Juan, Puerto Rico is often regarded as a glorified sparring session. Ali wins by fifth round with a KO. In 1982, the New York Islanders win their 15th straight game, which was an NHL record at the time, by beating the Colorado Rockies 3-2 at Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. In 1986, LA Dodger Oral Hershiser is the first to win a $1 million salary by arbitration. And on that same day, Mike Tyson sexually harasses a woman in Albany, New York. In 1998, Tara Lipinski wins an Olympic figure skating gold medal. In 2005, the 54th NBA All-Star Game is held at Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado. East beat the West 125 to 115. Allen Iverson of the Philadelphia 76ers is the MVP. And in 2011, the 60th NBA All-Star Game was held at Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. The West beat the East 148 to 143. The MVP was Kobe Bryant, shooting guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. RIP Kobe. And that was my half-fast sports report. Ninja MC never come in haphazardly to do away with all you dirty dick dastardlies. Me and the microphone are like Mick and Mallory. Naturally born to make beats casualties Now in your mind you a beast But in reality you messing with some dogs That's bestiality I'm saving the day Delivering soliloquies Enemies in my path To them I say ninja please This is the Tower of Steve No time for you villains Who like tugging on my sleeve Killer 16 Ripping everything I've seen Feel it through your body Like a kick into the spleen Eventually I wanna hit up Each and every scene From New York to LA And everything like the stone David Sling to bring the line to his knees I go hard in the paint for my ninja MCs And a special mention to those no longer with us Just yesterday we lost American professional football player Charlie Taylor Born Charles Robert Taylor on September 28, 1941 in Grand Prairie, Texas, he was a wide receiver for 14 seasons with the Washington Redskins of the NFL. He was drafted by them in the first round of the 1964 NFL Draft, and with Taylor, the Redskins made the playoffs five times, from 1971 to 1974 and in 1976, and reached the Super Bowl once in Super Bowl VII after the 1972 season. 
He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1984. Taylor and his wife Patricia married in 1965. Taylor lived in Falcon's Landing in Potomac Falls, Virginia. They had three children, Elizabeth, Erica, Charles Jr., and three grandchildren, Robin, Jordan, and Nathan. He did speaking engagements and served as a consultant to the Redskins. Taylor died on February 19, 2022, at the age of 80. Kurt Cobain was an American singer, songwriter, artist, and musician. Born Kurt Donald Cobain on February 20, 1967 in Aberdeen, Washington, he was the frontman of the rock band Nirvana, serving as the band's guitarist, lead vocalist, and primary songwriter. Through his angst-fueled songwriting and anti-establishment persona, Cobain's compositions widened the thematic conventions of mainstream rock music. He was often heralded as a spokesman of Generation X and is considered to be one of the most influential musicians in the history of alternative music. Cobain formed the band Nirvana with Chris Novoselic and Aaron Burkhardt in 1987 and established it as part of the Seattle music scene, which later became known as grunge. After signing with major label DGC Records, Nirvana found global success with Smells Like Teen Spirit from their critically acclaimed second album Nevermind in 1991. Although Cobain was hailed as the voice of his generation following Nirvana's sudden success, he resented this, believing his message and artistic vision had been misinterpreted by the public. In addition to Smells Like Teen Spirit, Cobain wrote many other notable songs for Nirvana, including Come As You Are, Lithium, In Bloom, Something In The Way, Heart Shaped Box, All Apologies, About A Girl, Aneurysm, and You Know You're Right. During the last years of his life, Cobain struggled with heroin addiction and chronic health problems such as depression. He also struggled with the personal and professional pressures of fame, and he had a tumultuous relationship with his wife, fellow musician Courtney Love. In March 1994, Cobain overdosed on a combination of champagne and ropinol, and he subsequently entered an intervention and underwent a detox program. On April 8, 1994, Cobain was found dead at his home in Seattle at the age of 27. Police concluded he had died on April 5th from a self-inflicted shotgun wound to the head. Cobain was posthumously inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, along the Nirvana bandmates Chris Novoselic and Dave Grohl, in their first year of eligibility in 2014. Rolling Stone included Cobain in its list of 100 greatest songwriters of all time, and 100 greatest guitarists, and 100 greatest singers of all time. He was ranked 7th by MTV in the 22 Greatest Voices in Music. In 2006, he was placed 20th by Hit Parader on their list of 100 Greatest Metal Singers of All Time. Dwayne McDuffie was an American writer of comic books and television. Born Dwayne Glenn McDuffie on February 20th, 1962 in Detroit, Michigan, he was known for producing and writing the animated series Static Shock, Damage Control, Justice League Unlimited, and Ben 10 in co-founding the pioneering, minority-owned and operated comic book company, Milestone Media, which focused on underrepresented minorities in American comics. On February 21, 2011, one day after his 49th birthday, McDuffie died at Providence St. Joseph Medical Center in Burbank, California, of complications from emergency heart surgery. Jay Giles was an American guitarist, Born John Warren Giles Jr. on February 20, 1946 in New York City, he was known as the leader of the Jay Giles Band. Growing up in New York City, Giles became interested in jazz and blues. After moving to Massachusetts for his college education, he formed the Jay Giles Blues Band while still a student at Worcester Polytechnic Institute. After dropping the word blues from their name, the band released their first album in 1970, 
performing soul and rhythm and blues-influenced rock music for most of the 1970s before turning to pop music in the 1980s. After the band broke up in 1985, Giles left regular performing to take up restoration and racing of automobiles with occasional forays into music production. He continued to appear in reunion tours with the rest of the band sporadically during the 2000s and 2010s. On April 11, 2017, Groton police conducted a well-being check on Giles and found him unresponsive at his home. He was pronounced dead from natural causes at age 71. Nancy Wilson was an American singer and actress. Born Nancy Sue Wilson on February 20, 1937 in Chillicothe, Ohio, her career spanned over five decades from the mid-1950s until her retirement in the early 2010s. She was especially notable for her single, You Don't Know How Glad I Am, and her version of the standard, Guess Who I Saw Today. Wilson recorded more than 70 albums and won three Grammy Awards for her work. During her performing career, Wilson was labeled a singer of blues, jazz, R&B, pop, and soul a consummate actress and the complete entertainer. The title she preferred, however, was Song Stylist. She received many nicknames, including Sweet Nancy, The Baby, Fancy Miss Nancy, and The Girl with the Honey-Coated Voice. In March 2008, she was hospitalized for lung complications, recovered, and reported to be doing well. In the same year, her husband, Wiley Burton, died after suffering from renal cancer. On December 13, 2018, Wilson died of a long illness at her home in Pioneer Town, California. She was 81 years old. Sidney Poitier was a Bahamian and American actor, film director, and diplomat. Born on February 20, 1927 in Miami, Florida, he was the first African-American actor and first Bahamian to win the Academy Award for Best Actor. He received two competitive Golden Globe Awards, a competitive British Academy of Film and Television Arts, and a Grammy Award for Best Spoken Word Album. Poitier was one of the last major stars from the golden age of Hollywood cinema. Poitier's family lived in the Bahamas, then still a crown colony, but he was born unexpectedly in Miami, Florida while they were visiting, which automatically granted him U.S. citizenship. He grew up in the Bahamas but moved to Miami at age 15 and to New York City when he was 16. He joined the American Negro Theater, landing his breakthrough film role as a high school student in the film Blackboard Jungle in 1955. In 1958, Poitier starred with Tony Curtis as Chained Together Escaped Convicts in The Defiant Ones, which received nine Academy Award nominations. Both actors received nominations for Best Actor, with Poitier's being the first for a black actor. They both also had Best Actor nominations for The Baftas, with Poitier winning. In 1964, he won the Academy Award and the Golden Globe for Best Actor for Lilies of the Field in 1963, playing a handyman helping a group of German-speaking nuns build a chapel. Poitier also received acclaim for Porgian Bess in Raisin in the Sun and A Patch of Blue because of his strong roles as epic African-American male characters. He continued to break ground in three successful 1967 films, which dealt with issues of race and race relations, To Serve with Love, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and In the Heat of the Night, the latter of which won an Academy Award for Best Picture for that year. He received Golden Globe and BAFTA nominations for his performance in the last film, and in a poll the next year, he was voted the U.S.'s top box office star. Beginning in the 1970s, Poitier also directed various comedy films, including Stir Crazy in 1980, starring Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, among other films. After nearly a decade away from acting, he returned to television and film, starring in Shoot to Kill in 1988 and Sneakers in 1992. Poitier was granted a knighthood by Queen Elizabeth II in 1974. 
1982, he received the Golden Globe Cecil B. DeMille Award. In 1995, he received the Kennedy Center Honor. From 1997 to 2007, he was the Bahamian ambassador to Japan. In 1999, he ranked 22nd among male actors on the 100 Years, 100 Stars list by the American Film Institute and received the Screen Actors Guild Life Achievement Award. In 2002, he was given an Honorary Academy Award in recognition of his remarkable accomplishments as an artist and as a human being. In 2009, he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian honor in the United States by President Barack Obama. In 2016, he was awarded the BAFTA Fellowship for Outstanding Lifetime Achievement in Film. On January 6, 2022, Portier died at his home in Beverly Hills, California at the age of 94. His death was confirmed by Fred Mitchell, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of the Bahamas. According to a copy of his death certificate obtained by TMZ, the immediate cause of death was cardiopulmonary failure with Alzheimer's disease and prostate cancer listed as underlying causes. Rest easy, y'all. In today's birthdays for February 20th, turning 34 today is Barbadian American singer, songwriter, and actress Rihanna. Happy 38th birthday to South African comedian, actor, and television host Trevor Noah. Also turning 38 today is American baseball player Brian McCann. Happy 39th birthday to American baseball player, Cy Young winner, and World Series winner Justin Verlander. Trash can crew, trash can crew, never forget. Happy 45th birthday to Canadian professional wrestler Gail Kim. Also turning 45 is American basketball player Stefan Marbury. Turning 47 is American singer, songwriter of the band Backstreet Boys, and actor Brian Luttrell. Cuban baseball player Levon Hernandez also turns 47. Happy 56th birthday to American model and businesswoman Cindy Crawford. American actor French Stewart turns 58 today. Hall of Fame American basketball player and sportscaster Charles Barkley turns 59. American actress, singer, and dancer Sandy Duncan turns 76. And a very special happy 79th birthday to Japanese wrestler, mixed martial artist, and politician Antonio Inoki. So that wraps up another edition of Over the Culture Podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being my designated psychiatrist for this Sunday. Please make sure to check out Happen in the 90s every Thursday with me and Matt G, Crush Gasm with Kendra, Don't Worry Be Movies with Amanda and Wade, and B3F Podcast with Joey and Steven. Y'all be cool because I'm trying my hardest to not not be cool. Peace. Light a candle for the sinners because we're all going to hell. My elevator.